Trying to save your souls from damnation So if you down with the message Tune in every week It will lead you to the message that you seek Uh To the Real World Season 9, Episode 15. This is your host, Ricard Gina Well. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everybody that's helped us to get this far so far. I'm here with my partner. Introduce yourself. It's your boy, Camille Hall. You know, doing it for Brooklyn. Let's get into it. Mr. Banking and Rapping himself. And yeah. we're here with two new guests. Introduce yourself, ladies and gentlemen. Hi, I'm Fatima, and I'm a career coach. I was going to say ladies first, yeah? <laughs> <laughs> She's actually a cool. career coach. Um, Fatima? Uh-huh. Fatima. Okay. Okay. And we pronounce it Fatima. <laughs> but you pronounce it Fatima. Where are you from, by the way? I'm from Irvine, California. Cali. Okay, okay nice, nice, <laughs> nice. And we have another guest in the building with us. Introduce yourself, sir. Hi, I'm Larry Wilson. I'm the creator of Wilson Method Communications Training. Okay, okay. nice, nice, nice. Coach and trainer. <laughs> I feel like the both of you do something similar in regards to training and coaching. Larry, I read some some of your bio. You said that you worked with several celebrities in regards to training and coaching, so and public speaking. So explain that to us, please. Well, that's strange enough. Almost all I did, um, almost my entire adult life, I've been in entertainment, mm. and I didn't realize what I was learning until about uh, five six years ago. A professor at MIT, uh, Alan Oppenheim, saw me speaking someplace and said, oh, I, I'd like to hire you to come to MIT to train our grad students to improve their communication. Wow. I said, sure. So I did, and it was a smashing success. And afterwards he said, you know, you're a very good entertainer, but this communication training, this is what you should be doing with your life. Mm. And I could scarcely believe it, but I said, really? And he said, yeah. So I started putting together this Wilson method. And I, I would like to tell you, gentlemen that and lady, that I'm a genius. But Humbleness. I'm not really a genius. I wish I was, but it took me quite a while to figure out that everything I was teaching in Wilson method mm -hmm. were things I'd learned working with the biggest stars in entertainment over the last 30, 40 years. Mm. And then I realized, oh, this is all just technique, mm. which I think is great news, because if it was about talent, I wouldn't know how to teach you to do that. I, 
I don't know how to teach anyone to be talented. Mm. But technique, well, that's like, you know, hitting a golf ball or uh, making an omelet or... So what's the rates, uh, Wilson? We need, we need some coaching. <laughs> what's the rates? <laughs> well, for you gentlemen, who knows what we might come up with. Yeah, no. But We're trying to be better entertainers. Know, you know, bounce over to thewilsonmethod.com and you'll see more about me, but, you know, I think, I'll tell you the first thing I'm going to do hmm. for you two and for Fatima, although she seems to have less of a problem with this than you two do. <laughs> and I'll only tell you this because the way you're lit, the way your lighting arrangement is on camera, mm -hmm. could be so much easily corrected. Mm. It's a simple thing. If you go to uh, thewilsonmethod.com, mm -hmm. uh, somewhere down lower on the page is something about a two-day boot camp that I teach. Mm -hmm. And if you click on that, it'll just take you to more information. But if you go there and you reach out from there, send me an email at Larry at WilsonMethod.com and okay. I'll send you a fantastic uh, training that I made that's just about video techniques I learned all these years being on the other side of the camera. Mm -hmm. It's very simple stuff. Everything I teach is simple. Anyone can do it. And it works. Okay. So, right there and you're you know people listening to your podcast are invited to do it too because it's so simple in terms of camera placement lighting audio there are little things that they do in hollywood they've been doing for a million years mm -hmm. that anyone can learn okay and yeah. for instance i'll give you an example i have a feeling either by chance or design fatima knows some of this stuff Look at her image right here. Fatima, do you have two different lighting sources on your face? No, I live in California and it's sunny all the time. You know what it is, Tosa Fatima in sunny California. Hey, you got the drink. not beat that. Look yes. at Fatima's face has what's called two-point lighting on it. Mm. One side of her face is more brightly lit than the other side, mm. which is more pleasing. Mm. And we can see her very clearly. It's very flattering to her. Mm. Usually people have to use two different light sources. One that's a main light that we call a key light, and the other one's a fill light that fills in some of the shadows, makes your uh, face, makes the uh, image less harsh. Mm. These are like very simple things so that anyone can Just remember. to let you know. Okay. Wait, 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 wait. wait. La -la Larry, since you was wrong about Fatima's lighting, how much lights do you think we have in here on? It looks to me like you're working just by one zippo lighter is what it looks oh, like. Oh, wow. He could have not it been more like wrong. <laughs> no, we, we actually got one, two, three, four, five, six lights on. Really? So the laptop is different. Our camera... It might be. Yeah. It might be because it looks like behind you, in a room behind you, there's brighter light on. And I see what with you say. your camera on your laptop, mm. it may be confused. It may see the screen behind you 
that's bright, and it may see the room that's behind you, and it may think that you are not the most important element of the shot, which of course you are, mm -hmm. and that's what we would like to see. So, um, it would suggest that you might want to use... Um, the brighter light in this room. <laughs> like a brighter light that are, that are screened in, so they aren't spilling light, but they're aimed directly at the two of you. Okay. We must talk and, more and later course, about it. Then. The key here, and I, I would never disagree with the hosts of the show, mm -hmm. but of course, you are incorrect if you think I was wrong about Fatima. Okay, go ahead. Fatima's lighting is two-point lighting, even if she's not using two lights. You can see it by looking at her face. Yeah. Mm. That's what we really want. We want your face to be sculpted a little bit. You can see it on my face, if you look at my face. This side is brighter, this side's a little bit more in shadow. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the light that's brighter is the key light, the shadowed side is the fill light. Okay. Now, if you're doing something crazy for a film, they frequently will reverse these, where they'll make the side that's closer to the camera the shadowed side. Yeah. And here I'll see if I can give you a very dramatic. Uh, wait, Larry's this? trying to give us the special effects. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, here where it's more shadowed, looks more like people do in film. True, look like you're in Game of Thrones right okay, now. Okay, um, I think that's <laughs> enough about lights. So, um, <laughs> Fatima, t tell, tell us a more about what you do and about your system of coaching. You sounded wise. My work basically entails helping people find jobs that they really love and to get paid more for them. So part of that sometimes includes redoing their resume for them, but it can also entail teaching people how to talk to their boss more effectively, how to manage their boss's expectations more effectively, how to ask for, you know, like the big sexy high visibility projects that get people promoted. Um, I teach people how to negotiate their pay when they're getting a new offer, when they're already in a job, and basically everything that can make someone feel delighted to be at work. I needed you a month ago. <laughs> for this job? No, no, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> you can't talk about it. NDA. <laughs> so the thing that sticks out to me the most is behind you says PMP. What's PMP? The book behind you. PMP is a project management professional. Um, you know, it's it's just it's just a methodology for managing projects. Mm -hmm. There's a whole bunch of different knowledge areas in there. One letter away. I from don't tech. have a PMP credential, but like <laughs> the book is really interesting. It teaches you how to manage really complex projects. Mm -hmm. okay. So that goes back to what you were saying. Everybody needs a manager, right? PMP oh, and PIMP. <laughs> Personally managing a person. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm not a PIMP, nor am I a PMP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they all managers, right? <laughs> in, the, in the end. Yeah. <laughs> hey, and it's NDA, so we will not speak about that no more. <laughs> 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 No more trouble with Facebook. <laughs> right. So, the both of you I've been trying to get on for a while, especially you, Larry. Um, I think your resume was was very impressive in the sense that you were saying that you've been doing this for so long. And reading it and looking at your website, you remind me a lot of Les Brown. Are you familiar with Les Brown? Well, it's enormously flattering of you to say yes. I certainly know Les Brown. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Personally? 
No, I've never met him. Mm -hmm. I would like to. He's. Have you heard him speak in person? I haven't heard him speak in person, but at the same time, I could say that I could attribute his speech and positive affirmations to a lot of my success personally. Um, for three years, I would walk. I would wake up five in the morning, um, and I would walk either to the gym or walk a couple miles, and I would listen to um, Les Brown. Um, who else? Uh, the other guy, um, the e evangelical preacher. I forget his name. Joe Osteen, T.D. T. Oh, Jakes. Um, there's another guy. The guy says, "You on the right road." He's <laughs> an older guy, an older white guy. I forget his name. Um, Buster Douglas. A couple of them. There's a lot. There's Inky. I forgot Inky's last name, but the guy with the arm that hangs off. So was I forget nice. his name. <laughs> All these motivational speakers, and even the way you project your voice is almost the same way. Like, did you practice that? Because you spoke about you used to do public speaking. Yes, absolutely. Uh, oh, for a moment I think I've lost you there. There you are. Um, yeah. And it's, again, it's very easy to do. Um, I was trained by a guy. I had no idea, like so many things in my life. I just fell into this. Mm -hmm. I was already doing a lot of, of public speaking, and I thought, I should probably work with someone to improve the quality of my voice. Mm -hmm. And I just asked a friend who knew a friend. I was in Los Angeles. They connect me with a guy. Six later degrees on, years of later, I find out this guy <laughs> mm -hmm. was a very big deal training opera stars. Mm. Now, I'm no opera star. I can't sing a note. <laughs> but the training he gave me made my voice so much easier to work with. I can speak six, seven hours to a room without any kind of microphone or amplification no damage to my voice. Mm. It's like anything. What, you two, let me ask Rickard, Ricard. what do you like to do, <laughs> like sports-wise? Um, when I was younger, I, we actually grew up with a basketball court in our backyard. We were just talking about that until, like, you know, nature took its course and broke up the pavement. <laughs> um, we also used to play football a lot growing up. I still play. You know? Yeah. Some people got old. So know? those are the... And, Sports I used to play football and basketball. Did, did you play every day? We play basketball almost every day, yeah. Quite frequently. Well, my guess is you're probably very good then. Not anymore. I haven't played in a long time. <laughs> but, well, anything, but anything, and Fatima, do you have something that you'd like to do sports-wise? No. No, I'm a big, big, big nerd. I don't do anything, except for maybe Pilates once in a while, but that's about it. Oh, that sounds oh, like a Pilates good activity. Is fantastic. Yeah. So, how many times a week do you do Pilates? I do Pilates once a week, and I lift weights once a week. Oh, see, in the gym. Again, the sometimes. weightlifting is an even better analogy. Mm -hmm. If you're lifting weights regularly, mm. you're going to get stronger. Mm. It's as simple as that. If you're working on your voice, it's just a muscle, like any other muscle. If you work with it five or ten minutes a day, regularly, you're going to see phenomenal improvements. In it. And it's, it's incredibly flattering that, uh, Ricard, you should say and remind you of Les Brown, because he has a great voice yeah, he does. and is a powerful speaker, powerful. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, the, the reason why I, I study the powerful speakers and I emulate the greats like myself, like I've been speaking publicly since 2015, my first platform was afforded to me by the church of course, and then it's from preaching in the church that my videos eventually went viral, and from my videos going viral is how I ended up starting um, the Facebook Live, which eventually became the television show and podcast. And so I understand um, applying your gifts and the application of your gifts correctly and how far they can take you. Um, but there's always place for improvement, of course. Um, and that's why it's always good to speak to new people because they open up your eyes and they, they broaden up your, your horizons and they help you experience new things. Like getting like, better lighting. Yeah, like better <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, like better lighting. We gotta work on the lighting. Larry's gonna help us with the lighting, of course. Oh, yeah? <laughs> he wrote a book on it. <laughs> I see that as entry level stuff. <laughs> your voice, your facial affect, mm. you know, the information that's pouring out of your face mm. all the time that gives us so much unspoken information. True. These are all things anyone can learn, anyone can practice. Um, simple, just simple stuff. And the more you use them, the better you get it. True. Yes. Does um Fatima, do you ex use? Do you teach face expressions in the interviews or so on? Do you teach them in terms of how to speak? <laughs> yeah, I actually have a lot of speaking experience. I used to coach speaking as well, but usually it's not like how people look. It's more about what they're saying. It's, it's usually what's more problematic, at least in my experience. Mm. When I work with people, you know, they sometimes are very talented, but they tend to get really nervous, and they make mistakes by fixating on things that they really shouldn't be fixating on. Like, when you're going to a job, you want to align yourself as closely as possible with their values and what you see in the job description. And a lot of people kind of don't do that. They're kind of too lost in their own experience because they're kind of too close to their work, you know what I mean? So they lack that big picture thinking and they lack the ability to take that big picture and connect it with their new job's big picture. Yeah. So as a result, they get lower offers or they don't get the offer and, you know, they're just undermining themselves basically so I teach them how to be flexible about what they're saying how to say one thing at one interview and something else entirely in another without lying by actually pulling real-life examples from their history and molding it to whatever the hiring managers biggest headache is did you write a book as well I actually am working on a book mm -hmm. it's called well, we'll start working on the title. We've written, we've written the book, but we're still working on the title. But we're thinking about calling it uh, The Creative Manager's Guide to Becoming a Marketing Director. Oh, that's yeah. too long. <laughs> oh, stop. I'm sorry, what? what I said it? that's too long. Imagine putting that in a search bar. We have to put a set, like, we have to give it, like, a colon somewhere so yeah. that it's, like, two little pieces so that it's easy to search for. But, yeah. It, okay. It's, it's very niche, that's why it's a little bit longer. I think the reason why Kamel said this, and correct me if I'm wrong, we had a lot of people that came on the show thus far, especially this season in particular, that has written books. And mm. the reason why my follow-up question is, they always say that it's hard to kind of sell books. You have to sell a certain amount 
to like even break even yeah that's what the last guy was telling us yeah he was saying it's more so of a novelty thing do do yeah. you agree or disagree i do especially when it's like as niche as the book that me and my colleague are working on it's not so much about like a huge volume of sales it's just about like helping people understand what we do more of a we're conscious probably not thing. even going to turn a profit on this it's mm-hmm. just to help people understand how they can receive our coaching services respect oh so another way to promote exactly mm-hmm. respect not just promote but to to really show people because people who are reading books really care about improving themselves they're yeah. a very good audience yeah. so mm-hmm. we want those we want to work with those kinds of people like how we're just putting ourselves out there like how we do in the sense of yeah of course not not looking for profit but more just getting it out there exactly <laughs> more so like the people that get it is gonna buy it and the people that don't is not for them yeah yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And to be honest we're probably gonna turn a loss on it but at the in the end of the day like the bigger picture it, it's gonna be good for us yeah mm-hmm. and the book is gonna probably outlive you anyways Oh gosh, yeah, why is you gotta say yeah. it like that? Yeah. Well, talking about life expectancies here? Well, books do outlive us. <laughs> <laughs> These videos are gonna outlive us, don't you think? These got videos? me feeling like I gotta get insurance, man. Larry, what about you? Have you ever written a book before? <laughs> I have. Okay. Uh, I, I have a book that we have not released yet because Called? I keep fiddling, I keep rewriting, and at some point I just have to stop myself and put it out there. I think uh, what Fatima is saying is exactly on point, that you're not really writing books to make money. You're writing books, hopefully, to help people know more about what you do and what your process is, so that you can hopefully find the people who your message really resonates with. Uh, And it's funny, because that makes me think of Les Brown, as I hear myself saying it. very, very smart about that sort of thing, about finding the people who he really connects with. Mm. It's like and, finding uh, a tribe. Yeah, I mean, um, the book, if, if I can stop myself from rewriting endlessly, the book is called How to Talk to Humans. <laughs> and Interesting. It's the same name as the podcast that I started a few months ago. And, you know, it covers much of the same ground. It's things that you can do to improve your communication skills. You know, I uh, because I suspect everyone on this eventuality right here is uh, involved with entrepreneurship. Mm-hmm. I think of something Warren Buffett said uh, in an interview I saw last year where someone asked him, what can you tell young entrepreneurs? And Buffett says, oh, I can tell you something you can do right now that will improve your value by at least 50 percent. Wow, that's, that's a, a nice jump. Y- yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's not my attention, right? And then Buffett says, improve your communication skills, both written and verbal. Hmm. He said, it doesn't matter how much brain power you have if you can't transmit that brain power. Hmm. True. It's so simple, but of course he's right. He said that transmission is communication. Let me so, ask. As as um, a, art, a, a guy who loves music, there's this line that says, you know, we're all just entertainers. And you said you've been in the entertainer industry. What is the mindset of an entertainer? I know, you know, I've seen some videos, I've heard some things about, you know, being in the moment. 
But what is like the mindset of being an entertainer? That's a that's a very interesting question. Uh, obviously, we could go into that for hours and hours. And hours. <laughs> yeah. I think different entertainers approach it for different reasons and have different feelings about it. Mm -hmm. When you talk about being in the moment, there's clearly a feeling, especially if you're working live on stage, mm -hmm. where you know you hear musicians talk about being in the groove. Mm -hmm. It's where you feel like you can do no wrong. Mm -hmm. It's you feel so connected to the audience and I mean, this is just a personal theory of mine, there's no uh, study to back it up that I know, but I think it's one of the reasons why a lot of people become addicted to performing. Because mm. it makes you so high to feel that connection with Being the in the zone, yeah. You don't, you don't want it to ever end. And then when it does, it's a real deep come down <laughs> as you come off that and there's some people who of course uh, that's a good point try to do things to prolong it indefinitely and I don't think there's any successful way of doing that I, so I can re I I receive that <laughs> when you talk about a mindset I, I know that personally uh, I can give you an example uh, quite a few years ago I was working in a um, so in Flint, Michigan this little tiny town and I'd been there a couple nights, I was supposed to be there three or four nights, and it was like, it was during the day and I was in some fast food restaurant, and there were some people ahead of me and they couldn't get their orders straight, and I was getting really irritated with them, and I, I just thought, oh, these people, they're such idiots. <laughs> and then one of them turned around and said, hey, are you Larry Wilson? Are you that guy we saw at the club last night? And I was like, uh, yeah. yes, yes, I <laughs> 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 my opinions the, of them immediately changed. I was going to say, these idiots are smart. <laughs> <laughs> they what it made me think was, I thought, oh, that's what I'm really trying to do here as an entertainer. I'm just trying to make friends with everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. So that wherever I go, People there's recognize. friends of mine there. Yeah. Now, I don't know if other entertainers feel that way, but I know that that's the way I feel a lot of the time. Mm. Thank you for the insight. <laughs> so you was about to cry, Larry, like you was about to shed a tear just now. <laughs> you know what, I have to tell you, it's the truth. When I think about stuff like that sometimes, it kind of overwhelms me because it's so simple, mm -hmm. but you don't really hear people talk about that. Yeah. It's a strange, I mean, obviously, we would all like to be successful. We would all like to make money. But the more you're in the entertainment industry, the more you realize all of that ebbs and flows. Money comes in and goes out, and popularity comes in and goes out. And, 15 minutes you know, of fame. <laughs> none of it is permanent. None of it lasts forever. But the connections you make with people, those last. Authentic connections, those last forever. Mm. So speaking of authentic connections in the entertainment industry, who do you, out of all the celebrities that you've worked with or met, which ones would you say um, were the best to work with? 
Well, that's very easy. Um, it's a little bit unfair. <laughs> My favorite of all the people I've worked with was Sammy Davis Jr. Mm. Why? And Sammy, there's never going to be anything like him ever again. Mm -hmm. He started working on stage when he was three years old. He, he could do everything. He was an incredible singer, uh, played, I don't know, three, four different instruments, incredible <laughs> dancer, could do impressions of everyone in the world, the finest comic, could tell stories and comedy routines like a seasoned stand-up. I mean, there was nothing he couldn't do. It was unbelievable. Baby pop. <laughs> Yeah. Well, he was just a really very genuine, very sweet person. It was great to be around him. That's good to hear. Mm. LSX. Yeah. Yeah. What about you, Fatima? Have you ever worked with any Fatima. famous people? It's not Fatima. <laughs> no, I haven't Fatima. worked with any famous people, but there are some clients that are very special to me. I think the thing that differentiates, you know, my favorite clients from those who, from the rest, is, is that my favorite clients, they, they really think outside the box. Like anybody else might come up to me and be like, yeah, I want a 20% raise or I want a 30% increase in my pay with this next Should job have spoke change. to her before, man. Oh, yeah, but my favorite would be like, Let's, let's go for double. Let's go for 125% increase. You know what I mean? So they're really what? aiming high and because they familiarize themselves and they acclimate themselves with people who earn well, that have that abundance mindset. So it, it just manifests in their ability to set those goals. Like they don't, they don't bring down their self-worth and say like, I don't think I can do that. I don't think I'm worth, you know, doubling or whatever. They have that goal and they go for it. So I, I really like working with those kinds of clients who are that ambitious. So what's the passion behind it? What we we kind of just well, Larry gave us you know his his statement on you know how it makes him feel. How does it make you feel? Why did you want to do it? Well, I mean, a lot of it, a lot of the clients that I work with are parents or they have families, they have dependents. So the fact that they're trying to make more money or they're trying to get a job where their health insurance is better, like. I can see that their entire families are being impacted and that's that's something that really motivates me. I had this client once before he bought our services, he was like complaining to me on the phone like I have a son who loves skateboarding but I haven't let him go skateboarding because I've been unemployed and I don't want him to fall because we don't have health insurance. If he falls like you know that's a trip to, to an ER that I can That's real afford. life. <laughs> so it's like it's rate. really heartbreaking to hear these kinds of stories it's where you know life. like people are really restricting their lives and they're restricting what they can do because they're not being paid fairly. So yes. I love being able to help with that. We talked about mental health and how we can't afford, well, in the low income neighborhoods, they can't afford yeah. mental health therapy. Services, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so yeah. yeah, I have a friend who has paranoid schizophrenia and like you'd never know, like she seems totally normal. But she's on medication that without insurance would be $300 a month. And sometimes she sees homeless people on the streets and she's like, if I was unemployed and I was not able to get my medicine, like if I didn't have like a backup cash reserve, mm -hmm. perhaps that would be me. You know what I mean? So like the fact that I get to help people continue putting bread on the table, continue making sure their families are taken care of and continue feeling really 
excited to get up and do work that they're really passionate about because like yeah their salary there's health insurance there's all the benefits but some people just hate their job and they're like i want a job where i'm actually excited to go into work I'm, i want a job where i'm actually feeling like i'm making the world a better place where i'm mm-hmm. helping people where i feel like my creativity is being used where i'm getting a chance to do the analysis that i love doing find a passion gets them going you know so mm-hmm. helping them find those jobs and then get those jobs and get paid well at those jobs i mean it's, it's the best feeling in the world you know yeah, i hear that mm-hmm. i hear that uh, and so, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was gonna ask they had questions for us. What you? <laughs> yeah. Do you guys have questions for us? Because I want to know what brought you guys on the platform. Because I know this is an interesting platform to be on. So, <laughs> so let's start off with Larry. We Larry. gotta work on our lighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Larry, what made you want to come on the show? You know, I'm just about to send you to a lighting kit. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see, I want to see, turn the camera on, I want to see what lights you have in that room. <laughs> wow. we, we can't show the studio. All right, let's show him oh, the behind I the scenes. I cannot stand this. Wow. It's really well lit, yeah. <laughs> I think it's a camera problem. Look, you see? It and, must be. No, this is our camera. This is our real camera. The, it must be a settings problem. I think it's just, you guys are just watching it on Zoom on the laptop. That's why it looks it, like that. It's much but, brighter on the but camera. But the actual camera, it doesn't look like that. I don't like know that. if y'all can see that. No, I'm not oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. If, if yeah. it looks better on if, the real feed, all the better. Yes. If you're on Facebook, you can watch us live on Facebook and see how it looks. Shout out to everybody that's watching us on Facebook Live. You can watch us live on Facebook.com. Um, you can just put in my name, Ruben Johns, on Facebook. Or you could check out the Real World Ministries, Inc. on Facebook. If you want to watch this episode live right now, what's um, your name of Ricard? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I didn't mean to deflect from your question. No. Uh, I just I like the description mm-hmm. of what you were up to and what you had in mind, mm-hmm. and it seemed like a very different perspective mm. than uh, some of the other shows that have asked me to be a guest on the podcast. And I'm always interested in doing stuff I haven't done before. Mm. So which part stood out the most about us in the description? Well, I don't know if there was any one thing in particular. I think it, it, was the, it was the overall, I mean, the very fact that you call it the real word. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm, I'm particularly interested in language. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so for me, yeah. to explain that, to you that comes from the book of Matthew but I believe Matthew the 25th chapter um, mm-hmm. when they're speaking to Christ and they're saying that um, many will say that they know know of me and I will say I I do I know of you not and basically it was two people one said I know you Lord um, and you know me and the Lord said no I do not know you for when I was hungry you didn't feed me for when I was homeless you didn't house me um, for when I was incarcerated you didn't come visit me but to the other one he said, but him, I do know him. He's like, Lord, how do I know thee? He said, for wherever is the least of you, um, and there is someone willing to help, then that person is within my favor. For when I was, for when those were hungry, you fed them, and so you fed me. For when those were homeless, you housed them, and so you housed me. And therefore, I shall exalt you amongst them. So that's where it comes from, the real word. Um, yeah. Not just speaking about it, but actually doing it. You know, we've actually housed, closed, and fed thousands of people. Um, yeah. So when we, so when we do come back and we sit up on it, we just sitting, we're just reflecting and reminiscing about the work that we actually did, 
and continue to promote the work that we're gonna do. So the show in, in itself is just a, it's just just like how um, Fatima uses her books to promote her work. We use the podcast to promote our work. Yeah. <clears throat> we still got the school version of Zoom. So if it cuts off in one minute, just use the same um, link to come back in. It just gives us intervals of thirty, meaning that we at the half time right now. We can do commercials on our oh, show. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. yeah. 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 So. So I hope that answered your question, Larry, about why it's called the real word. <laughs> well, no, I mean, I think I think what you're saying is the biblical element that you're referring to is one of the things that I haven't seen on other shows. It's part of the reason I was... Oh, it's not the right on cue. It says, I haven't seen it on other shows. He's right. He hasn't seen it on other shows. It sounds like we have. I can see why they said that, because that was what I was doing with the camera. I was trying to Oh, yeah, because look, it's dark it like is. this. Yeah, that's why I was like, I can see why they was like, yo, it just look like y'all need some lighting. Y'all are shooting in the basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because we're not trying to fix this part. That's probably why. Yeah. This, hey, mommy. <laughs> Fatima. You don't even know she's in a relationship. Go on. <laughs> wow. I just saying hello to her, man. <laughs> I, I could have married me. <laughs> <laughs> Bad jokes with us, right? Thank you. When you start off saying, hey, mommy, it sounds like a pickup line. (laughs) (laughs) Fatima, what's your background? Uh, I studied environmental engineering at UCLA, but I didn't really pursue it after that initial period because I was helping people on the side with their job search Um, anyway. So I... was really nice and I really enjoyed that. I've always written and spoken and communicated and I really feel that this is something people struggle with because we've been taught like culturally that it's not really okay to talk about yourself. Don't be a show off, don't be bragging, don't be boasting. Not Jay Z. (laughs) Not people from Brooklyn. <laughs> so people, I think they have kind of like these mental blocks when it comes to talking about themselves, and they really just undermine themselves. And I really love doing that, so that's what I switched to full time. Mm. You you help open up the floodgates, be like, be, have some ego. <laughs> Fatima, we asked you the same question twice, but a different type of way. You asked her where she's from, and, and I she, asked her, <laughs> and I asked her, what's her background? And you missed it both times. What we is, mean like, what what's your nationality? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> your ethnic background. Passport. I am a U.S. national. She hit us at the table. Uh, <laughs> I got okay, 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 okay. I got an American passport. She hit us with the technicality. I have an American passport, and I did neutralization <laughs> after college, but <laughs> I was naturalization. <laughs> naturalization. She said neutralization. Same thing. I neutralized. <laughs> Technically, yeah. technically, they make you neutralize your citizenship of your old country and swear allegiance to America. They make you do that pledge. They do. Neutralized from. <laughs> from, from Haiti. That's where I'm originally from, and they try to kill that culture. In me. They said they try to neutralize me, but they I'm can't also stop. Neutralized. I'm from India. Thank you. You finally answered the question, even though we knew by your name. <laughs> Just what it comes. Farsi. It's not actually Indian, so. Okay. Yeah. Like my last name. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a Farsi last name. Mm. Okay. Yeah, that's true. Cause a lot of people we know from the African diaspora, like mostly Muslim people, 
but they pronounce it like I said, Fatima. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, or Fatima. Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about my last name. So my first name's Arabic. My last name is Farsi. Farsi, like Persian. Oh, so what's your last name? Yeah. Mirza. Mirza, yeah, that's pretty Farsi yeah. to me. I don't even know what that means. <laughs> oh, Lord. What does it mean? Explain it to us. It's a court title. Mir, Mir comes from the word prince, and Za means like the child of a prince. So it was mm. given to like court officials. It's a very common last name, mm-hmm. like blacksmith or like the word like Smith. Like yeah. Smith is a very common last name. So like Mirza very. is like very common last name. Yeah. Oh, just like the how, job. Yeah. yeah. Just like a lot of the Muslims have um, Muhammad in their names. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or Khan. A lot of Indian people have Khan in their names. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. My cousins, But like us Haitians, a lot of us have Jean in our names. Yeah. Jean mm-hmm. Philippe, Jean Pierre, Jean Noel, Jean Louis. <laughs> all of them are Hall. Every and Johnson, day. a lot of <laughs> <Jesus> <laughs> <is> Johnson <laughs> yeah. and Clark. Is that like a French thing? Like Jean being in your name? Yeah, Jean. Like, yeah, because everybody was Jean. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now we gotta ask Larry. <laughs> What's your ethnic background, Larry Wilson? Well, I sort of enjoyed it more when Fatima was torturing you to. Uh, <laughs> I, I really, I really got a kick out of that. But um, Fatima you know, likes to play hard to get. That's why. <laughs> She's a tease. Is that why? Now, you, now I feel like you're still flirting with her. <laughs> I am very happily married. I'm a mom to a wonderful toddler, and I hear her screaming, "Mommy!" Dang. She hit you with the Matumbo block. Congratulations, <laughs> congratulations. I know you guys heard my kid in the background, too. She, had, she came for some OJ. <laughs> She's like, I'm not black, I just want some OJ. <laughs> Now, mm-hmm. my, my daughter's biracial, too, but we both cut off Larry, so let's let Larry finish. Sorry, Larry. Well, nothing very exciting. Uh, my family is originally many generations back from Russia mm. oh, wow and strange enough I have not been neutralized <laughs> <laughs> lucky <laughs> you <laughs> and so I am actually an American citizen uh, although my young son uh, we did one of those uh, DNA things you know 22 and me or whatever it was and when it came back showing that our ancestry was Russian my kid was like very excited. He said, "I'm Russian." I said, no, you're American. You're an American citizen of Russian extraction. Wow. Yeah, we can't have that. You know. Sounds like your son was about to go get those blondes in the snow. <laughs> <laughs> he was he like, was, "Yes." He's not pumped. <laughs> he was. He's ready to vodka. He was ready to be loyal. Like he's jumping on the team. Like, <laughs> like pull it. I'm on the team. <laughs> Just found out. <laughs> See, that could have went left because for a while I practiced as a psychotherapist, and a few of my clients they did that ancestry DNA, and a lot of them found out that their parents weren't their parents, mm-hmm. and they wanted to. Oh, that's that's real. Yeah, that's trauma. yeah, a few of them, a few of them. It, it happens more often than you know. Like this one particular guy, he found out that his father wasn't his father. Then he found out that his father had outside children. Then he found out his mother had an affair. That's too and much. It was a whole bunch of stuff. So both his parents ended up having an affair. So his his father was his biological father, and his biological and his his father that he thought was his biological father also had a son out of wedlock. So they all was 
It's crazy. Yeah, that's a little that's too much. But then he found out <laughs> that his... Do you know how these people manage their time to have, like, so many affairs? Like, w- like what does their calendar look like? What is their oh, process? Some people, some people are minute men, so it only takes yeah. them five minutes, you know? Get in and out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you also have to be committed to this stuff, you know? You can't just do it as a hobby. You have to be really <laughs> it can't be a hobby. The, the hotel check-in is probably longer than the time they're in the hotel room. <laughs> they I just get the key to somebody in the hallway. <laughs> like, hey, I got an hour left. <laughs> it's like a weird of people having, like, multiple families, like a secret family. And I'm like, how are you... Like, wow. What? I just don't understand. Well, that. Fatima, you're here with the right people because yeah. I'm Haitian, he's Jamaican, <laughs> so say, our ancestors did that. <laughs> <laughs> so go ahead, Kamel. <laughs> he can tell you. Well, I mean, it's usually um, just not knowing what to do when they get married or when they're in a relationship. So it's kind of like um, some people get in the habit of chase. Uh, we talk about it sometimes too in terms of guys have been chasing women or in terms of. The way we was growing up was entire high school, junior high, it was a habit. So it's like when they finally get one woman, it's, they still have the mindset of, I know how to chase, I like chasing, it was fun. So while they're with their one woman, they still flirt and flirt and flirt. And eventually, one of those people they flirt with is going to go for the finale. End up having kids together and then boom, you have two families. Mm. The Jamaican way is you got, or even some Africans is or to Haitian. take care of, or even Haitians, you got to take care of both families now. You or know? you keep one at a different country, a third world or yeah. second world, so it's cheaper, and then you have one family in America. Now we're getting, now we're getting so, political. So during, you know, during the middle, the middle months, you're here. Then summer break, you go over there to your other family. So you, you split it up. So you got three months here, three months there, my, three months my, here, three months there. In my time, there. I find that doesn't... I don't think that will be the best case because I feel like children need more consistency than, you know, six months, six months. You know, it's best to have... I don't think men who are having multiple families care about being consistent. Um, I don't think that's going to be, like, a priority. I say if you do it, you got to. Speaking, <laughs> speaking of that, Nick Cannon just had a recent interview where he We're said that he felt like he was people. being... Demon demonized because he had 12 women with multiple 12 children with multiple different women and so he felt like he was being demonized for that but he said that he hmm. felt like he was only helping because there's a lot of women out there whose biological clock is ticking and they want children I was so caring someone came <laughs> with that offer to me and I said no thank you and I walked off but Nick Cannon did it 12 times so shout out to him how you should uh, probably recognize what we call rationalization. Exactly. That's why I said no, Larry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I how- think what Fatima is saying is, of course, uh, on the money, yeah. that kids, they need a lot of input from both a mother and father it's you know fundamental to who they turn out to be as people no fact. and yeah. you can't just give them a little piece here and a little piece there and oh daddy's going to be back in six months or a year yeah that's too much mm. yeah. yeah no i think it's possible like like back home we have you know in some some areas they have like culture of like remittances where like one parent would go off and they would go to like a more developed country they would earn money and send a paycheck home 
You know, like Tempe sometimes it's easy. there out of necessity. It doesn't mean that those kids are lacking. Like there's a community there that's raising them. It's, you know, I think whatever works, works. You know, I think it's, we shouldn't, I just, I don't know, like, yeah. I think especially in the modern world where like that community is a little bit lacking, I do think it's important that children have at least multiple adults that they can trust and they can reach out to if they need anything. It shouldn't be just the job of one parent because that's really stressful. Like I don't think one person can carry that much weight. Mm. It takes a village to raise a but kid. Even more so than that, Fatima, I think, I think the kids need a sense of being able to rely mm-hmm. on someone being there. Yeah. And like you say, if it's a community, that's great. But in this country, we don't see a lot of that anymore. Yeah. And I just think, I'm not always so interested in what the adults uh, feel like. I just know that kids need to really know that their lives are not in jeopardy all the time. Mm, that there's true. people there they can always depend on. Mm, very true. The, the point that Fatima brings up about um, the men going to other countries to work and sending money back home, I see a lot of people from Yemen do that around here. Um, they work in corner stores like nonstop for six months straight and then you won't see them for six months, they'll go back home and then they'll live six months and they come back here. In regards to the village, I see that amongst the Haitian community because I'm in church. Um, there are people in the church that helps you raise the children. Me, I'm fortunate enough to still have my parents and my sisters and my brother and my family, like my aunts and, you know, cousins and people that, you know, help look out and, 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 and instances, yeah, and instances that I might need help with my daughter, like they're there to help as well. Um, but I can see where you guys saying that, like, the neighborhood community is not as close-knit as it used to be, where you can knock on your neighbor's door and ask to borrow sugar or power tools. It's not like that anymore. Some neighbors, you're fortunate enough to get that, but for the most part, you don't get that. People just mind their business, particularly in New York, it's like that. Yeah, I have a question for everybody. How do we feel about the sensitivity now in America? Are our children being more sensitive than they used to be? I was wondering in terms of um, self-esteem, Instagram, social media, I feel everyone is kind of, that's why entertaining is such a good topic, I think so. Everyone is trying to be media people, but they're not as so, into, I don't think they're enjoying their job, so to say, of entertaining on media. <laughs> I think it depends, right? Like person to person. Like some people might genuinely love it. Mm-hmm. I mean, we don't. We, it's hard to make a generalization like that. My daughter just learned English, so I I would ask her. I would be like, "What do you think about this?" But I think she would just be like, "I want a cookie." Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> Sounds like a very smart girl. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone who wants a cookie is alright in my book. I, I have to. I have to say, I think that. What you're addressing there is a, a really important issue, and I don't think it's easily explained or dealt with, but because of social media, I think a lot of young people think the only viable option to happiness is to be famous. Mm-hmm. And I think that may not work out so well for a lot of people. Mm, yeah. You know? not many the whole people nature can. of Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and everything. Everybody's trying to present this image of themselves 
as glamorous and successful and deliriously happy <laughs> yes. and until their life implodes and then that gets more clicks. Mm -hmm. So yes. I think, you know, I have to tell you, I found the interest in what I do seems to be increasing all the time in direct relationship to how people don't have real relationships with other people now. Mm -hmm. They have stuff online, they have stuff, you know, on social media, they're texting people, but they crave actual authentic connection with other humans. Very true. I agree. Yeah. Hmm. Who's the most famous person you ever met, Mr. Larry? God, I mean... <laughs> well, top five. Yeah. Top five, top well, five. I uh, know, I was going to say, the most famous person I've ever met. Or that, top five. Kind of, it kind of has to do with different um, uh, generations. Because some people I met who I thought were enormously famous may not register with you at all. Mm. Uh, I was performing once, and uh, uh, in between shows, a host came back and said, Oh, the guest would like to say hello to you. And I said, great, send him back. And so this guy comes back, and it's this movie star. I don't know if you even know who I'm referring to. Do you know the film actor Cary Grant? Yeah. <laughs> she does. Gentlemen? Not I. No. For, Fatima, I what mean, what movie was, was he in? I don't know. There's some he's famous. <laughs> 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 he was very famous. He was in a bunch of Hitchcock films, and he was in To Catch a Thief, and he was in all these films, like probably in the 40s and 50s. Oh, and when I met him, he was easily the most famous person I've ever met, and he could not have been nicer. He was completely gracious and down-to-earth and just like a normal person. Mm -hmm. uh, but, again, generational. Mm -hmm. I mean... I'm trying to think of someone nowadays who's really incredibly famous. And I'll tell you, I'm also reluctant to tell you because I never like to name anyone if I didn't have a great experience with them. Uh, I can I think of a couple of big movie stars like who? who I've met recently who I was singularly unimpressed with. Like who? Um, well, that's... <laughs> now you're trying to start some drama. <laughs> that, that game I won't play. Larry's scared, Larry's scared. Larry's really, really smart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, <hate you. laughs> I don't know, you guys may not realize this, mm. but stuff that's on the internet never goes away. Yeah, yeah true. that's true. So, I mean, and, and I wouldn't want to embarrass somebody who maybe thought they were interacting with me in a private yeah. social setting. Uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of incredibly famous people don't always behave well in private. Mm. Their images have been you know, cultivated and burnished and shaped in such a way as to make you think, oh, they're the most wonderful person in the person world. Person as an angel. <laughs> and it, it may be better to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. It yeah. may be better, you know. Um, yeah. <laughs> because sometimes, sometimes it can be very disappointing 
to meet people who you admire and then find out, oh, they're not as nice as Fatima. Mm. And I just met Fatima. Right. You know, I mean, that's sometimes uh, surprising, you know. Fatima <laughs> says she's married and left a two year old to leave her alone. <laughs> 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 she don't need your lighting advice, Larry. <laughs> she could. Fatima doesn't need any lighting advice at all. We see her perfectly. We hear her perfectly. Yes. These are all these elements of communication that are so critical. Yeah, of you course. Know, I was going to ask Fatima something that's interesting. When she was talking about uh, her clients, it sounds like you do a lot of focus on preparation. Well, that's the real word. Thank you for joining us tonight. Shout out to everybody that's been watching. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Shout out to everyone that is tuning in on podcasts. We can catch us on Spotify, Apple, Pandora, um, and SoundCloud where you can find podcasts. We're also on Facebook, www.facebook.com backslash the real word seven or facebook.com backslash R Gene Noel. That's R Gene like the pants you wear and Noel like Christmas. Also catch us on YouTube. That's www.youtube.com backslash the real word TV. The real word TV as one word on YouTube. Also, we're on Brick on Bronxnet right now. It was official. It's yeah, official. yeah, it's official. We're on yeah. Bronxnet. So you can catch us on Bronxnet. Over 1 million viewers in the Bronx. We're also on in Brooklyn Cable TV as well. Brooklyn. Brick, um, Brick Network, shout out to the Brick Network. We're on every Tuesday and Thursday at 12, 1, and 4. So shout out to all of you guys for supporting. Shout out to everybody that's been supporting. Also look out for that um, food distribution. We're going to feed the homeless. We're going to do over 200 people. Shout out to Mahogany Jewels one time and all the HSBCUs that's been supporting the real word. If you want to support the real word, that's www.therealwordministriesinc.org. That's therealwordministriesinc.org. There's several ways to donate. You could donate um, PayPal Giving Fund. You could go paypalgivingfund.com, put in the real word ministries. When you purchase on amazon.com, you could put in the real word ministries to donate. Also, um, you cash app. Dollar sign the real word ink on Cash App. Dollar sign the real word ink. If you have an old card that you don't want or need, um, we got um, keys for charities on our website as well. Just hit the donate tab and you could donate to that as well. Also, we on GoFundMe, GoFundMe.com backslash the real word ministries. So that's all we have today. We're going to close out with a prayer. Um, you want to close out? It's definitely, yeah. All right, <laughs> we close our eyes, bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Gracious Father, we thank you for this moment in time. We thank you for this opportunity to be here. With you, Lord, we want to thank all the people that join us on this platform. We thank Kamel. We thank um, Miss Fatima. We also thank Mr. Larry for joining us as well. Um, we ask for continued positive affirmations, continued positive energy for all those that continue to support us and continue to provide us with the energy to continue to provide this ray of light to the people. In your name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. So Amen. thank you all of you for joining us. Good night and God bless you. It's a real world. It's a real world.